What's up, party people? What's going on on this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast here on July 30th? Uh, we got a great segment coming called Baby Comeback that we're going to be talking about. We'll explain that in a few minutes. And we got another great live mock draft going on. Mock draft season is uh, where to think of it now. Here to pair you for your draft. So we got a great mock draft coming up. All that and much more on this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. All right, brain. You don't like me and I don't like you. But let's just do this and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. podcast. This place is an untapped resource. I love it! With your host, Flex the Bliss. You almost think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. And Alex Marchetti. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours. Help! Now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. Party people. What's up, party people? Welcome, 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 welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. I am your man for the Grand Flex hit list here with my co-host, Live in the Rec, with much respect, Alex Marchetti. What's up, BFAs? That was a little bit too... Um, What's up? It's mock season. It's mock season. Do you smell that? Do you smell that? What goes on through your head when you're thinking Pre-season of those? Preseason is on the way. Okay. Okay. Fantasy football. Stop. Stop. Just because you're around doggy. around the just, corner. Just because your nickname's doggy doesn't mean you got to be sniffing everything. Okay. I'm about to hike on this mic. <laughs> hike on this mic? The hell does that mean? You know. Like oh, pee. okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> pee on the mic? Don't, up, up, stop. <laughs> sit down. All right, I'll be a good boy, a good dog. Good bad, boy. bad Marchetti. Bad uh, dog. <laughs> what's up, party people? Welcome again to this uh, episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at BFB Podcast. Um, on both, that both our handles on both of that. Uh, and yeah, and I just came back from a bachelor party weekend. Shout out to John Riley. Went to another great weekend in Ocean City, Maryland, to Secrets, which I love. Which you, you've never been there, have you? No, you don't want to go there, do you? Uh, no. Why not? I don't know. It's an awesome time. Uh, you know me, man. I'm not a party boy. You don't got to be a party boy just to you know enjoy secrets. Well, I'm not. I don't like strip clubs. It's not a strip club. Would that name secrets? No, you're thinking because we have one here on Queens Boulevard here in Woodside. <laughs> That's what you're thinking about. I never. I I never been to that one. I don't even know there I've was. I've never secrets. been to that one too. It's. I guess if you ever go, it has to be a secret because you probably be so embarrassed to go. Into yeah, you got to be embarrassed to telling your people. Your it's probably from like uh, secrets. Is probably like from Dust to Dawn, like a strip club from Dust to Dawn. Yo, I'm, I'm like, not gonna say who <laughs> from Dust to Dawn. I get it. Yeah, no, but yeah, everybody turns into vampires and looks like real Mexican-ish. But no, uh, I'm not gonna say who because it's a friend of ours, and I'm. You know what? Just I'm gonna just put it out there. But one time it was really funny that so one time one of our friends we couldn't find him for a while. Okay, and uh, he was ended up in secrets. But his lie was that he went to go check his fantasy lineup at home on his computer. What? But he was like, and they were like, you don't play fantasy. <laughs> 
Oh something like God. that. I'm not going to get too much into the story, but it was something funny like that. Like, they didn't want to say that they went over to the strip club. This person. Secrets. Definitely not saying the name, but it's funny. It's like, oh, I was checking my fantasy. Like, You're not playing fantasy. All right. How's that a strip club? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh my god. It was funny, but it was a fun weekend over at Secrets. Um my voice is a little hoarse uh from singing all weekend long. What songs? You, Which know what, ones? you know what's great about 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 Secrets is that so it's the same two things you do all the time. You go there, you go for the daytime, which is like half of the water is blocked off. So there's like tables inside the water and there's waitresses that go inside the water, you get served in the water the whole time. And it's a daytime party. The main thing the, the show is the 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 party in the water. That's the show. That's the main reason you go to Secrets, that party in the water. It, I saw the Insta story, so it seems like you guys are not really like submerged into the water, like you, through a well, waistline. a lot of people submerge themselves. All right. Not a it lot, just, not a lot. The rookies do, or the, the disgusting people do, because that water is gross. But this yeah. weekend was the cleanest I've ever seen it. And then I, like, I was looking at the water. I was like, wow, that water does not look... Uh, the water there is gross. It is so gross. But... <laughs> this weekend for secrets for what it is, it is the cleanest I've ever seen it. Like and there's usually a ton of like seaweed that gets yeah. wrapped around like the tables and wrapped around like when you're sitting on the tables or you put your feet, there's a bunch of seaweed is like slimy and gross. It wasn't like that. All the tables that sat out were clean. All the chairs that sat out were pretty clean. Like, um, but you know, the water sometimes usually really gross, but it, you know, no band-aids. I saw no band-aids floating around, no plastic cups. It was actually no tampons. <laughs> no, no, <tampons>. condoms. <laughs> no condoms no condoms like that it was actually pretty clean for what secrets usually is for this weekend don't get me wrong it's still gross yeah but it's pretty clean like I remember when I went for my bachelor party and then I can say his name, uh, Nell uh, our good friend Nell who was shout my shout out to Nell what up bro to Nell Jamakaju who was my um, best man in my wedding and then he was his first time over there so he was like throwing water at people you know sometimes you're in the, you're in the beach or in the pool you throw water at people right yeah. But this is not the water you throw at people. So I had to remind them, no, 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 no. You don't do this here. This is for people who don't know. You know what I mean? This is like for first timers like you. So, you know, don't do this here. You don't throw this disgusting water at people. So the water was gross. So it's disgusting water, yet it's the main everyone, reason. You, everyone decides to just it's the main reason hang you out go. and chill in it's the water. It's the main reason you go. 100% is the main reason you go. And it's still a lot of fun at that pool party. I mean, the water party. It's not a pool party, but it's a lot of fun in there. Interesting. There's floaties, like, in the water that have a table in it, so you can sit in a floaty, and the server will bring you drinks, sort of, you know, in the water. Yeah. And, you know, if you do go, just remember, whenever the server brings you your drinks, you order another one right away, because it's going to take a while to come back and forth. And uh, then the nighttime, where they have the great cover bands. They have really good cover bands. Shout out to Kristen and The Noise, and, of course, my favorite, Gypsy Wisdom. Two fantastic cover bands that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, because I saw it was like concerts that you guys were going. I was like, what? Like, so yeah, who's so playing? It's in the nightclub. They just have cover bands who yeah. just play great. They, they do a fantastic job. How many people uh, attended these uh, shows? You have no idea. Secrets is so. I still haven't even walked through all the secrets. It's so huge. And it's just like so many different bars and so many different places. It's, it's like. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that go on a nightly basis. So it's like secrets is just a room of secrets, like secret no, rooms. No, no. And then, well, it's secrets, S E A, crits. And uh, the whole. I thought it was secrets. No, secrets. And it's like, like, like hush. No, and it's like, no, and it's like Jamaica, Jamaica, USA. The whole theme about it's all Jamaican. Ah, uh, okay, okay. It's okay, secrets. Okay. Got it. Got you know, it. Yeah. Got so, it. So, no, 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 but it's. Uh, <laughs> 
I love it there. If you, if anybody listens to the podcast, has never been to Ocean City, Maryland. First of all, there's a bunch of stuff to do in Ocean City, Maryland, which is pretty cool. Even like with the family, there's like you know, like a boardwalk or like a carnival, like a festival, and there's like a lot of putt putt golf. There's a lot of things to do with the family, but in general, Ocean City, uh, Maryland is pretty awesome. And uh, Secrets is definitely the only thing we did all weekend, and it was like the best thing to do, and it's it's really cool. And it's a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad you had fun. Had a lot of fun realizing how much I could not hang anymore. And you I can't hang no more. I can't do it. Are, man. are you still hungover? No, no, but my body's still recovering a bit. Like I'm still like a little hurt. I feel like you know. Oh, pobrecito. No, you don't feel bad for me. But no, but I just I, I just can't do it no more. I just I just I can't drink like I used to. Like I'm I'm not even. I I didn't know, I don't even get like wasted like wasted out of my mind and I just can't like you know like function the next day I'm just hurt. So you can't you cannot get college boy wasted no, no more. No man, I could be, I barely could drink anymore. And it's, it's not that I'm old. I'm just just I just not cool. I'm very upset at you. I'm just not cool no more. That's all. I'm, cool? I'm I'm still cool, but just not that cool. Well, so now it's cooler just to drink uh, like a scotch on the rocks or neat, right? I mean, just one glass, or maybe two, if you if you're you're feeling pretty daring, right? That's that's a little cooler, right? I guess or a dry mar or like a you know a dry martini. No, 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 no. Or dirty martini. No, sorry no, about no, that. Dirty no, martini. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, James Bond. No, huh? no. Huh? Huh? You no. keep saying it's not going to change. No, no. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's great weekend. And then you worked all weekend. And for the most part, everyone that attended Ocean City, besides you guys, uh, what was the demographics? All young. College students? It's my age. My, your age? Yeah. Everyone in the, th- in the 30s was there? Everybody. So everyone was just trying to re- relive their college days, the good old days? No. And they were like, we can't hang? No. We all know we couldn't hang. We just, you know. Any crazy story that you saw from from afar, like, happened? Not from afar, but what was one crazy story that was hilarious is that my boy Zimmo was, like, had this crazy lean, like, on this wall. It's really one of those stories you had to be there, but just to make it, like, I guess to cap it all off, like, you had to be there to fully, fully understand it, but the funny part was that that was this gay Asian guy, right? Not to say it'd be insulting because it's 2019. It was like, oh, you said it all wrong, like but he was a gay guy. And he was with a, that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's me. He was just a gay guy, and he was also happy to be Asian, but it was just funny, and he told my boy Zimmo, he's like, can you, for one moment, just stop being the baddest bitch in the room right now. I don't, yeah, exactly. What? That's what he told them. And we were like, oh, cool. Thank you. He's like, your aura is just so contagious. Your vibe <laughs> is amazing. We were that's not. A, that's a good compliment. This is in the hotel lobby waiting for the elevator to go back to our room. All right. We were not expecting that. And we, we did not stay at our usual hotel. And we're just so happy for that moment to happen that we did not stay in our usual hotel. But that's all he said was like, can you for one moment just please stop being the baddest bitch in the room for one moment? It was, call, call them a bad bitch. It was hysterical. Hysterical. I was dying. I, 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 when I see this person, I got to say the same thing. Is he coming? Is he coming to our draft Wednesday? I don't think so. I'll invite him though. Let's see if he wants to come. <laughs> but it was really, really funny. So everyone just like mouth open. Wild. Nah, nah, like, nah. Because it was, it was only me, Zimbo, my friend Timmy, waiting to get in the elevator. Then once the other people got off, then we started cracking up because it was, was like good. we were not expecting that. But it, you remember, should, you should get for his, for Christmas. You should, was, get, you should get him a t-shirt says the baddest, the baddest bitch. bitch. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a, it was like at two thirty in the morning because I didn't close around two o'clock there. So it was like two thirty in the morning, like drunk, waiting, you know, getting in the elevator. It was. Uh, you guys are gonna forever poke at him. It's like, yo, you're not for nothing, man. No, he laughs at it too. He thought it was hysterical. Like, you right. know, I mean, he doesn't think it's insulting. Yeah, but no, no. But I'm saying, it's just like mad random when you guys are kicking it, and it's just oh like, yeah, I just see him. It's the baddest bitch in the room. And it's like, yo, 
Not for nothing. You are the baddest bitch in the room. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I sent him. A, I sent him a, like it was a funny. Like, a, like I had this video and he made this funny face. I sent him a funny. I, I screenshotted it with his funny face and I was like the baddest bitch in the room. And he goes on the planet. He just writes oh, back. Oh, nice, nice. Good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so uh, lots to talk about on this episode today. Let's get right into it. News. Uh, news and noise. Well, one news that was big was that I saw today is that uh, Tyreek Hill hurt himself during practice. He's got a leg injury. Uh, no updates yet on the severity of it, unless you want to like Google it right now. Doug. As long as it doesn't end with a CL or has something with a string on it. Okay. So do you want to Google it real quick, see if you find anything? But yeah, but it just says here that uh, Tyreek Hill hurt his leg. Uh, I'll check on suffered the t- a oh oh and I got it I got it you got it he suffered a bruised quad during two during practice eh, that's fine he probably got hit with a helmet or something well that, that we'll see that's you can say he's got I'm a bru- okay with that as long as it's not a hamstring it's not his knees it's not his Achilles so it says stand down everyone Hill rode the cart off practice Hill rode the cart off the practice field. After taking a big hit on Tuesday, but it looks like he escaped with a minor injury. The Chiefs might hold him out on practice for a few more days just to be cautious, but there does not appear to be any long-term concern. There you go. I'm not concerned. We're good. They're good. You're fine. Tyreek Hill, you're good. Don't worry about it, buddy. Uh, coach, Colt coach Frank Rice said Andrew Luck is not ready to take the next step in his recovery. What? Yes, that's what he says. Luck sat out all of minicamp because of his calf injury, but he was expected to be ready for the start of training camp. It does not sound like the injury responded well to the first few practices. However, and the, and the Colts uh, plan to hold him out for a couple of more days to see how things progress. Now going on three months, the injury is becoming a real concern, his calf injury. Yikes. Oof. Yeah. I mean, we have a whole month left to draft for the most part for most teams, you know, which which smart redraft teams should take the month. You know what I mean? I mean, I know a lot of teams have already done them, uh, their drafts, and I don't I don't think that's smart. I mean, if, that, if that's what they want to do for their league and the whole league agrees with it, that's fine. Uh, I was thinking about this, why people draft early. And you know who I feel has the better advantage? Unless, you know, there's always bad luck that you get, but... The ones that have been doing their homework off season, you know, and have been prepping, and and because this is when you really get the true value of the ADPs of these players for the most part, right? And uh, it get it kind of gets skewed when you start getting like the the uh, the fantasy football uh, players that kind of you know are not. Where are you going with this? I'm lost. <laughs> You're lost? Yeah, what are you talking about? No, we're talking about redraft, right? I know, but it's like, I don't know where the point is. What no, well, saying? the point is that, like, now, you know, there's going to be a, a a whole bunch of people, uh, I guess, uh, participating now, right? Like, because usually you start late. Like, the, 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 the avid fantasy football players that plays... Okay. They they're they're playing all year long, all year round. They're they're engaged all year round. Okay. Now when you have the people that are not, that are just like part times or you know, you know they don't really engage as much. They just come and play for, you know, just to participate. They come in and then numbers get skewed because they just look at players they like. You understand where I'm going with this? Absolutely no? not. No? I don't even think you know if you learned you're going with this. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying because you you can't even find the words what you're trying to say. What in the world are you saying? I'm just saying that p- 
people that are going to start partaking now are going to skew the ADP number, or the ADPs of players because they're going to be pick, selecting players that uh, they haven't done much research on, and just they're just going for name value. For instance, like a Tom Brady. But that's that's uh, like almost everybody. Everybody almost goes for a name value. You know, it's the same reason Shaq that one year that didn't even play the entire season in the All Star game still got voted into the All Star game. Everyone's still going to go into what you know names they like. You know what I mean? But you know, but it's. The point of the fact is, is that if you draft somebody like Dalvin Cook and then he ends up in the first round and he ends up getting hurt, then you really hurt yourself. Now, the flip side of that, if you draft his backup, Alexander Madison, if you back draft him in like the 14th round, then you got some real value there. You know what I mean? But it's still it's just it. It, it just, I mean, it's I, I not just try- smart to draft this early for a redraft. No, well, I'm just trying to find an argument for them. You know, like I. I'm with you. I prefer to draft as late as possible before no, yeah, the season you, starts. You play devil's advocate. What you do, it's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But, but I, don't think I, I can see where the advantage, li- advantage lies on the person that has been engaged in fantasy football all year round, off season, that they could get the true value for players at the beginning. I don't. You know, that's it. That's all I I feel. But, I don't. But you know, always there's always going to be injuries. You know, like look look how many people dropped uh got hurt this over the weekend. AJ Green, Derrick Henry. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, somebody else is carted off. Forget. Uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, uh, there's reports that there's optimism that the Saints and the holdouts of wide receiver Michael Thomas will reach a deal sooner than later. Thomas is looking to become the highest paid receiver in the league, an honor he probably deserves after catching 321 passes for 300 for 3,787 yards and 23 touchdowns through his first three seasons. If the two sides are truly close to a deal, it would seem the Saints are willing to make the kind of commitment. Assuming all of the things, all of this gets worked out prior to Week One, Thomas will be an elite wide receiver one for fantasy purposes. This is all on RotoWorld.com. So it looks like he'll be, uh, you know, okay. He'll be okay. It looks like they're gonna, you know, they're a little closer. I know with the my Melvin Gordon situations are like two or three million dollars off. Yeah, I could see more of. Uh, Michael Thomas reaching a deal. Dan Melvin Gordon. Dan Melvin Gordon or Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, in one of my uh, dynasty leagues, uh, there's an owner that owns Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, oh God. and Michael Thomas. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, uh, his name That's is Vin- hilarious. His name is Vince. Uh, he's Derek and Matthew's uh, cousins. And uh, That's hilarious. I emailed them. Uh, I emailed them a gif and says, let's make a deal. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, during an interview with CBS 11 Sports, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says you don't have to have a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. The point there, the point there is you don't have to have a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Jones responded when asked about the comparisons between Ezekiel Elliott and Emmitt Smith. The point there is being how Smith was a franchise first back, first back to win the, both the season rushing title and the Super Bowl in 1993. There's one of the, the that's one of the dilemmas at running back that um, is that the league knows that you can win Super Bowls and not have Emmitt Smith back there and not have Zeke back there. Uh, the full interview can be viewed on the late da, 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 da. So basically, he's just saying about like I don't know, it's just a little weird. But I don't know. Jerry Jones put it out there like, look, Zeke, you know, you don't have to be. We don't really need you like that. I guess is what he's saying. That's what I'm taking from it. 
I'm yeah. taking from that. That's what I'm taking from that. I'm taking now. It could be. It could mean a lot of other things. But what I'm taking from that is that it seems that this makes me more worried about the holdout to be a real situation for over there in Dallas. It's, there's a possibility. He's been the best back in the league since he's since he came into to to the league. You know, arguably, yeah. You know, I arguably like, I agree with it. You know, like. <clears throat> Uh, even with the suspension he had, you know, he was still like, you know, oh, RB1. Arguably he has been. Yeah, like, I mean, I make the arguments like Le'Veon Bell, huh, Todd and, Gurley and other people, but yeah. Arguably and what he's been. getting is like nothing. So, you know, there, there's there's a reason why he uh, he's holding out and I hope he gets, uh, you know, they, they find, a, a, I guess, a happy medium where they could uh, negotiate, you know, and get a strike a deal. Although, they're, you know, it's the Cowboys. So, you know, he's a good player regardless, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it is reported that the second year tight end Mark Andrews has been the Ravens' most dangerous and productive offense, offensive player at training camp. So, uh, yeah, it's you know, it's 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 uh, it looks like Mark Andrews is going to be something with more of a fantasy value to show up. He could be get. they said he could he could realistically see about 70 plus targets and getting 50 in 2018. It's also, you know, yeah, um. I I could see it, but it's it's you you'll be drafting him if you feel like you know Lamar Jackson is going to be throwing the rock, which we all don't think he's going to be throwing the rock, but he's got to throw it eventually to somebody at some time, right? At some time he has to, right? All right, the red zone maybe. So with that being said, let's move on to a segment. So a little bit update on the news. Let's move on to a segment about called "Baby Come Back," which is basically about players who underperformed last year that we're still willing to take a chance on this year. So. Uh, yeah, so basically it's like, you know, the players that we will still give another chance to. We still want them to come back to us. We still want them to, uh, you know, and then I usually have the song set up for this, but I didn't do that now. We can like, the baby, baby come, back. come back. Any kind of fool could see. And I'm. Um, oh, there was something. There you go. And everything about you. Dun, 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 baby, dun. come back. All right, anyways, go on. So, uh, Marchetti, tell me somebody that you're willing to. Take a chance on a player I'm willing to take a chance on is Leonard Fournette. He was a first round draft pick last season. He was going in somewhere in the eighth, uh, uh, the eighth pick of the first round. And obviously, you know, this season, last season that occurred, he uh, got injured, started fighting fans, and you know, was it his? He, Character issues came into play, and the Jaguars were struggling. A team that went to the AFC Championship and was one one win away from making it to the Super Bowl. Um, he's a player that I'm definitely going to be reaching out for. Someone that's going in the third third round, uh, I think he's definitely going to have value, and he could end up as a RB, you know, top top RB one. You know, he end up pro- providing you with top RB one numbers. He could end up being like top five. To me, he's someone that you could get at a premium discount. You're just thinking about somebody that was being selected in the eighth as the eighth pick in the first round last season. Uh, a player that's going in the third round, uh, th- th- you know, you, you 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 have to take a chance if you, you believe that the Jaguars are going to turn it around with Nick Foles uh, behind uh, you know behind there as as the quarterback now. Um, I'm probably more than likely not going to draft Levin Fournette. More than likely, I'm not saying I won't. It depends on where he falls in certain drafts. Like we'll see today on the mock draft thing we do. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm probably more likely not going to take him because of the simple fact that uh, 
it was such a headache last year talking about Leonard Fournette, thinking about Leonard Fournette, seeing where he was going to go. Is he going to get drafted? Is he going to play? This down at third. It was such a nuisance that it's kind of something that I didn't want to deal with yet. You know what I mean? It's not, not yet, but not again. I don't want to deal with that again. I don't want to deal with that headache. I have enough headaches on Sundays, fantasy football. I'm in five leagues. I don't need that to be one of my wor- my worries. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, there's a risk there, right? But, you know, it, how much of a risk is it in the third round? You know, you get in a player A lot that- in third round. <sighs> there's a lot. Third round is huge. So, like, the first three rounds, you got to kill. I mean, don't get me wrong. First and second are more valuable than the third, and it's not as valuable as the fourth, but it's a very valuable. You're looking there, basically, basically what you're looking there in the third round, you're looking at, like, the wide receiver, RB, one or two. That's huge. You could select two wide receivers in the first two rounds. You could select an RB, one in the 16th, 18th round. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's not huge. No, but you you could go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then the third round, Fournette comes into play in the middle yeah, of the third round. Yeah, but the thing is that he's, you take him as your RB1, and then he doesn't play, and he gets, gets hurt again, you know what I mean? Or he does something stupid where he gets suspended. Yeah, but that's the risk. But to me, I feel like it's definitely going to be uh, – It's last season is a wash. I don't think he's going to repeat that last year. You know, um, he, didn't, he couldn't repeat. He, he, it wasn't he, his he fault. Has, he was hurt. He has the talents. You know, when he comes in – into the field and he plays, he performs. He last year he averaged fifteen points uh, per per game, but he barely fantasy. played. He played eight games. That's yeah, that's not enough, you, you know, know, for your RB one. He played eight games in third round. Like third round, I feel like you know it, he 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 could provide you with upside. Like the, his rookie season, he played thirteen games. Okay, so he played four games less than you no know, three games less than a full season, right? Yeah, then he dropped almost half of that. That's a lot. Well, no, he, well, yeah, he dropped almost half, but if the games that he did play, he was providing he you played eight points. games in the fantasy football in a fantasy football regular season is only thirteen weeks. The There's point. always going to be injuries. This means it's five There's weeks. Always going to be injuries. There's only two seasons of. Where he didn't play full season. There's always okay. going to be injuries, but there's also players with those injuries that sometimes that like are more likely to happen than others. And the opportunity is there for him. Like who else is not? It's not a crowded running back. Uh, uh, Alfred uh, Blue, field. by the way. Alfred Blue. Oh, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about him at all. If anything, he will be a pass catching back for third rounds. If that don't, but. Leonard Fournette has shown that he could catch the ball. Don't get me wrong. Leonard Fournette was somebody to say. I said the same thing last year about him. Who in the world is going to take touches away from Leonard Fournette? Who? TJ Yeldon? I wasn't worried about that at all. That's never the concern. I'll give you a perfect example. Keenan Allen was a guy that last year, not last year, but was it last year? It was last year, two years ago. I forgot. But it was the year that after he, uh, he like, uh, uh, ruptured his kidney or something like that. I forgot what it was. He, like, ruptured his kidney. Where I said that Keenan Allen wasn't injury prone he was yeah. just unlucky there was it was to be unlucky and to be injury prone are two different things you know what i mean yeah. to me Keenan allen was unlucky he had an ankle injury then he had a ruptured kidney which is something that you don't usually hear that often in fantasy sports and football in general not to say that the injury it's that that kind of injury itself isn't common but it's not very common in football you don't hear a ruptured kidney or a slice, whatever he had. It was something that he had an organ ruptured that is, you know, usually when you hear sports, you know, you hear hamstrings, quads, ACLs, ankles, ribs, wrists, right? This is what you usually hear about. These are the what you hear more. Not to say that that injury in itself is not a common injury, but it's just the fact you don't really hear too much in football. So it was an unlucky thing that happened to him that kept him out for the entire year. That's what I boasted about, about Keenan Allen being 
unlucky as opposed to injury prone. And he killed that season. He did great. Now, to me, what I'm seeing from Leonard Fournette so far, he's showing that he's injury prone. And it's huge to be injury prone when you're, you know, for that many games out of the season. It was a lot. So no one's no one's arguing about what he could do when he's on the field. It's just the fact that if he's going to be on the field for that long, the only way that I would take a Leonard Fournette is that if I was really early and I took a running, if I took a stud running back and then a stud wide receiver. So like, if, let's say if I took like, let's just say for argument's sake, for argument's sake, right? This is like unlikely to happen. Let's say Christian McCaffrey falls to me in the fourth pick. Okay. And then Odell falls to me in the second round somehow okay. that late in the second. Yeah. If Odell, if I take Christian McCaffrey that late in the first and then that and Odell that late in the second, then you know what? Then I'll take a chance with Leonard Fournette. In the third round, right? Injuries are concern with Leonard Fournette, right? Right. Marlon Mack. Injury concerns. No. Yes. No. He has been injured. He's been injured, but it's not a concern for me. Not it's not a concern not for long you. enough. All he right. hasn't had enough he hasn't he hasn't had enough time to be injury concerned. This guy Leonard Fournette almost had an entire season, and he was hurt the year before too. So it's like he has. That's why to me it's a lot of injury concerns. Because you know what I mean. All right. No one thinks Marlon Mack's going to be an RB one. All right, but Fournette has a chance to be an RB1. because of how good he is. But but the fact is when you when you expect this is the thing when you take a guy like Leonard Fournette with his talent type that you keep talking about, then you have certain expectations out of him. He's not going to live up to your expectations. Because he, because of the fact that he probably physically can't live up to your expectations. So Marlon Mack, right? He played only twelve games last season, mm-hmm. and fourteen games the season before. Okay. So he has missed games, you know. But he's still playing double digit games, you know. So he has missed games. But to me, I don't see him, you know, like you just said, as uh, reaching RB one type numbers, right? But and then another player that's going in the third round is Kerryon Johnson. One main concern with him. Before he was drafted, was his knees? He was injured at Auburn, and you know, obviously, uh, his first rookie season, he didn't play an entire season, and then last season as well. So he has potential to reach RB one type numbers, but he hasn't proven it yet. No, he hasn't proven it yet. He's proven. He's also shown to be kind of injury prone. Now he moves up a little bit, Carry On Johnson for me because of the fact that the Oritic has now been released. Yeah, but I still don't trust Carry On Johnson to an extent like other people do. I like him more now. I still don't love him yet, like some other people do. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and, and another player I'll say is Devonta Freeman. Right? Look what happened to oh, him. Oh, he's last very season. injury prone. Exactly. So you have four running backs in the third round. Now Devonta Freeman is going after the third. No, he's going three nine. He's going to go later than that. He's, well, he, right now he's at 3-9, right? So you have Leonard Fournette at 3-5, Marlon Mack at 3-7, Karen Johnson at 3-8, and Freeman at 3-9. Out of those four, I do like Freeman, and I do like Fournette, who has the, the upsides to, to be RB1s, you know? So to me, I feel like, like Fournette, you know, last season, you know, obviously injuries always been a concern with him, but... Last season with his all, you know, his his behavior, he's he's changing it up. I think there's going to be more luck on his side on uh, on this end. And he, the games he has played, he has shown production: fifteen points, you know, and seventeen points is, uh, his rookie season. Well, I mean, like I said, it's not somebody that I'm really looking to get. All right, cool. So that's who's somebody. who's your guy? Who's your baby comeback? One guy for me that's who's your baby. Once one guy for me that's <laughs> definitely going to be like a baby comeback kind of guy is I'm looking at is Larry Fitzgerald. Also because of the fact that I love where he's going this year. He's going around the seventh round this year. 
somewhere in the middle of the seventh. And last year, he went like middle of the third. Last year, they saw him as like a high PPR, you know, like third, fourth round guy. They saw him as like a high wide receiver two with wide receiver one potentials because of the year before he came out the, the gates, you know, killing. He killed in the year before. Um, but still, it's just uh, he um, he's still Larry Fitzgerald. He's still a beast. Because he's still just that much of a talent. All right, let me, you know, let me not say he's still a beast. Let me take that away. Because he's aging, new offense, right? New coach, new players around him, new quarterback. But he's not costing you much. You know what I mean? You take him with the seventh round, like, I'm not mad about him there. I, I, I want to give him another chance there. I know one big thing about him is that a lot of his touchdown came late in the season. I mean, last year, he didn't even get his first touchdown until week seven. Week seven was his first touchdown. Then he saw another one week eight, and then, you know, then he saw, like, uh, three more after that, and then it was, like, another, like, four straight weeks without a touchdown. You know, so it was that that was the biggest thing. He ended up as wide receiver number 25 last year, only with a total of six touchdowns an entire year. I mean, uh, he was 38th in receiving yards, 734. That's not good. You know what I mean? He didn't do good at all. His catch rate wasn't even that great. His catch rate was 47.8. It wasn't even, it wasn't a great season for him last year. Had a rookie quarterback in Josh Rosen. Is he going to do better with this rookie quarterback of Kyle Murray? I would say, yeah, I would assume. Yeah. Kyle Murray to me, it seems to be the way better quarterback than Josh Rosen. Don't forget. Josh Rosen was also projected to be like possibly a number one pick last year with all the other quarterbacks that they had going around. Josh Rosen was some people predicted to be the best quarterback in the draft, which we all kind of believe now that's not to be the case, but it's a terrible offensive line. You know, uh, it's it's not the greatest run game in the world. I mean, he's got a very talented running back in J.B. Johnson on the team. Yeah. But the point of the fact is the reason that I'm saying baby come back and 100% that I'll take another chance on Larry Fitzgerald is because even though last year he did not give you those gains you would expect, and you're not expecting to get Larry Fitzgerald number one wide receiver off the board type numbers because it was for a long time he was number one wide receiver off the board in fantasy. You're not expecting that again, but you're expecting something. You're expecting more. And what I'm expecting this year is ceiling-wise, wide receiver two. Floor-wise, you know, wide receiver four type numbers, but I'm expecting a good, decent flex type player. That's what I'm expecting about. I'm expecting somebody who's probably going to give you about like, 11 points a game, something like that. And it's not much. And because my expectations are so low on him, that's why I'm a lot more. I love giving up that seventh, that seventh pick for him. I love giving up that, that, that seventh round pick for him. With this new quarterback, with the new system, it's yet to be seen. But he is playing out the slot. He's as smart as receiver as they come. And, I, you know, last year was last year, but he had a bad year. And I just feel like that this year he's going to have, I think he's going to have a better year than last year. Just not wide receiver one Larry Fitzgerald type year, but definitely I feel like he'll outperform his seventh round pick ADP. I do like uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he he's a player that is uh, low ceiling, high floor. He that's that's what he's. I don't know. Do. I, that's the thing. I think his ceiling's higher than being a low ceiling because of the fact that he's still Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think he's gonna two, give you, two years ago he killed. I don't think he's going to give you astronomical numbers like are like. Like game uh, week winning numbers, you know, but I feel like what he's gonna do is for the 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 grueling season overall season, he's gonna give you consistent numbers, you know. He's not gonna lose your week ma- weekly matchup, but uh, again, he's probably not gonna win. 
be the deciding winner for your weekly matchups. He's going to be that player that gave, gave you that enough points, and then you have your other players that kind of just took it over, over the top. He's never going to give you a disappointment uh, a week. That's what I feel about no, him. This, this, is why, this is why I disagree with you about the ceiling being high, right? Uh, All right. Larry Fitzgerald, right, in 2016. Was 2016. Like, right. Hold on. Right, <laughs> in 2016, Larry Fitzgerald was like outside the top everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if he was hurt or whatever it was, but he was outside. Now, in 2015, right, Larry Fitzgerald was wide receiver number seven, right? Okay. Go ahead. Top 10 wide receiver, okay? I am listening. This, this is what I'm talking about. Now, last year, he was wide receiver number 25. Right? 2018, last year, 25. You know what he was in 2017, the year before that? What? Was wide receiver number four. Yeah. Wow. Top five. Yeah. He was top five just two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's why he jumped up back into like the top three rounds last year because of the fact that he just showed that he still had a lot left in the tank. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but because he's Larry Fitzgerald, because he just did it two years ago to be a top five wide receiver, I just think that before the guy retires, He's still going to surprise us. He's still going to amaze us with something left in the tank because of just his intelligence, his route running, his hands. Just hopefully this new quarterback and this new coach does right by him to give him that chance. Now, I don't even think he's the wide receiver one of the team. He's a slot guy. He's probably not. Right now, it looks like Christian Kirk's the main guy on that team. Yeah. But what I've just, the only point I'm saying I disagree with you, I mean, no, we both like him. I'm just saying that he doesn't have a low ceiling. I think he has a high ceiling. Now, is he going to reach that high ceiling? No. But I think he has a high ceiling that he could still do it. And I think when you're taking the chance of some getting that from somebody in a seventh round pick, who like I said, realistically, I say like eleven points a game, that's not gonna get you top, you know, like, you know, like uh top wide receiver numbers. But for a seventh round pick, you know what? Give me that all day, every day. That's fine. Yeah. So that's why I think his ceiling's higher. He was just right receiver four two years ago. And he played with the worst offense last season. I, yeah, it was it, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he you know, it's not like I mean, again, granted, the running back situation depends a lot more on the offensive line to create these gaps and to expose, you know. But also, there's a lot to do with the running backs, you know. Like, look at Marshawn Lynch, how much he's breaking tackles. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you get hit, like even Saquon Barkley, look how fast he is and how much he, you know, he could, he could juke, he could cut, he could, you know, you know, swerve and dip and get around you so much. And he broke a lot of tackles, tackles last year. You know, jumping over players like these are like athletic things that you know a running back creates for themselves. Now, a wide receiver, it's very hard for them to perform if the ball is in place in a way where they could catch it. Now, a lot of times you see from great catches, like obviously a la Odell Beckham Jr., the ball could be thrown in a bad way and they could still make a great catch, you know? Yeah. But remember that Super Bowl patch, catch from from uh, Eli Manning to Mario Manningham? Mario Manningham wasn't the greatest quarterback I mean, wide receiver we've ever seen, but that ball was so perfectly placed in that game in the Patriots to get him to advance to win that championship in 2011. That ball was so perfectly placed that... There was no defense for it. It was threading the needle and it just landed right in his hands right there. That was a great catch, but it was a more greater throw. Now there's a lot of it's, it's just for wide receivers rely a lot more on the quarterbacks to make those throws for have them to do what they do on the field, the wide receivers. So that to me is one reason why Larry Fitzgerald wasn't Larry Fitzgerald last year. And I'm not saying he's gonna be the Larry Fitzgerald this year, but you know what? Maybe come back and I'll take more chances on you because for seventh round, for a new offense that I feel like is gonna be a been improved, I'll take it. I, I, I'm, he's a player I'm targeting in, in that 
that round. You know, he's a player that I feel like he's safe. You know, um, but I don't feel like he's. You feel like he has high high ceiling, but I feel, I feel like, like he could have a high ceiling. I'm not expecting what, the high ceiling. Yeah, he what could I'm, have a high what ceiling. What I'm interested I'm in him it. is because I feel like he has a low uh, high floor, and like he's not like by high floor I mean he's not gonna yeah, give yeah. you. Yeah, I got donuts. it. I got it. I got it. He's not gonna give you donuts. He's gonna give you decent uh, decent numbers for a flex player, and maybe he. There might be games he give you wide receiver one numbers. There might be some, right? But for the most part, he might, like, best case scenario, I feel like he might, he'll, he'll end up being your wide receiver too. You know, that's the best case scenario. Right. Like, I, I don't see him being, you know, ending up as a wide receiver 12 by the end of the season. No, I don't either. Yeah, he could end up as a wide receiver no, no, 20. No, yeah. I, I, realistically, realistically, where 18. I expect him what, to where his ceiling is is two different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see his ceiling being higher than what I realistically see him to do. Yeah. You know? But uh, no, he's a good. He's a player that I'm definitely gonna be uh, looking targeting, and it, especially in that round where you know you're looking for something safe. You know, depending of how how my uh, my draft picks have been going. You know, right? Uh, a player that I like. He had a lot of hype last season. As Roy, is Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman. He was being selected in the third round last season as a RB15. Now he's going as the RB39 in the eighth round. Uh it, it gave Philip Lindsay a good chance, you know, to, uh, opportunity, and he took it, you know. So credit to Philip Lindsay for it. You know, I feel Royce Freeman, since he was hurt preseason, you know, it, it, it took him a while to kind of, like, develop and, you know, get into the game plan. You know, uh, he played, what, 14 games last season? So, you know, it, 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 by, by the time Philip Lindsay came in, uh, you know, they just went with the hot hand, and they just gave it to Philip Lindsay. Uh, but to me, I feel like this season there might be a little bit of different approach. There might be a little more of a fifty-fifty uh, approach with it, and you know, he's only one injury away to be the top running back for the Denver Broncos. So selecting a player in the eighth round with the upside of ending up as an RB two, potentially you don't, I don't, I can't say RB one because he hasn't proven it yet. It's it, it, you're getting tremendous value there. You know, a player that just last season was going in the third round. A lot of people were were, were hype about him, you know. So he dropped five rounds. So I, I feel like this is a player you could get with, uh, you know, with some value on there. And, uh, it, you know, I know he ended up at he, – he had a disappointing rookie season, right, obviously because Philip Lindsay had all, all the timeshare for it. But, you know, he ended up as an RB47. But I feel this player, he's going right now RB39, which is only like eight slots higher than what he ended up, right? Uh, with a different uh, head coach now, and there might be that fifty-fifty, and just one injury away, this this player could potentially be an RB two for you. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of it. Like, I mean, a lot of it has to do with how much he would have to outplay Philip Lindsay. Now, it's not the Philip Lindsay's job by any stretch of the mean. Doesn't mean that he's definitely getting it. But Philip Lindsay, when he took his when he took his chances last year, he a hundred percent took advantage of it. Now we've all seen, and I've, I've said the numbers before. I gotta look them up again. But the sophomore slump is a real thing, and it's affected a lot of people last. You know, not last year, but affected a lot of people overall. Uh, where they dropped down, I, I think the average was that they dropped eight spots from whatever they were. So if you were the RB one in your rookie year, you would drop down to you know the RB nine. Or RB10 around there. You know what I mean? And the average, I think, the sophomore slump when it affects people. And it goes the other way. Like, it flips. Sometimes it could go up. But, um, you know, I think it, I think it affected them that they dropped eight spots. You also got to consider that Philip Lindsay was an undrafted player. Oh, Roy, no, no, yeah, Royce yeah. Freeman 
was selected in the third round. Yeah. That's pretty high for a running back, you know. Um, so th- there's definitely some draft capital there. You know, uh, John Elway, the the fr- front office, had faith in for- Royce Freeman. The fantasy community had faith in, uh, in Royce Freeman for putting him in the third round. So, you know, the talent is there. It's just now, you know, uh, I feel like you're getting him at a good, decent price because if he was going for the third round last season and now he's going to eighth, you're, you know, you're getting a player that, you know, has the upside to end up RB20, RB24, you know, going as an RB37. Uh, you know, he, he, I, I could see this player ending up as a running back too. Uh, no, I, I like Phil. I mean, I like Royce Freeman. I'm not against him at all, whatsoever. All right. Uh, given the chances, maybe it could be RB2. Depends. That's all it depends on. He gets the chances. Like I said, he's not costing you normally like to find out. Uh, one not, last guy that I will mention that would before we go into our draft. Um, one guy that I'll take another chance with this year also, meet myself, uh, Marquise Goodwin. I know it's a little crowded over there. The speedster. Didn't he win a, didn't he win a race, uh, like Olympic race? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. he? You tell me. I believe so. I'll look it up. Go ahead. Continue. So Marquise Goodwin is one of those players that I got, we all felt was going to be the main guy last year out of the 49ers offense. He was going to be the main guy for somebody. We all had higher expectations of Jimmy Garoppolo. Unfortunately, he had that injury. Uh, and we had expectations for Marquise Goodwin. Unfortunately, he was also injured. I mean, only had 11 games that he played last year. He only started in eight of them. Uh, even with the first game, you know, one target, Minnesota, that's it. Done. You know, it gave you zero points. That game, which I'm sure if you're like some most players like myself who drafted him, you drafted to play him. I mean, I drafted him to be my flex last year. I remember in your league, doggy, but I drafted him to play him. The point of the matter is that the guy still gets a healthy amount of looks. I mean, even for the eighth, for the eleven games he played, starting in only eighth of them, he still had forty eight targets in total for the entire season. So, you know, that, that's you know, that's a little bit over four targets a game. Remember that one game he got that one target was hurt, and that was it. So, yeah. it's not. Like, you know, it's not like he's being ignored. It's not like he's a player that's overlooked. It, You know, he's shown to be injury prone now. But like I said, he's not ignored. He's not overlooked. He's in an offense that is obviously going to lead the targets by George Kittle. They have a crowded wide receiver core and they have a crowded uh, backfield. But the thing is with the 49ers is that what I feel as of right now, the main guy is going to be Dante Pettis. He's going to be that guy this year and going forward. I don't believe too much in Debo Samuel. But they're still trying to figure out who are the leaders of this team. We know George Kittle's their guy offensively. That's the main offense for them is George Kittle. We know Jimmy Garoppolo's their quarterback for the foreseeable future. They don't know who their back running back is. They don't know if it's going to be Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida, you know, um, Raheem, uh, Raheem, Raheem Mostarts. Yeah. They don't know who's going to be the main guy out of that. But they have expectations and they feel it. They just activated Jared McKinnon off onto the active pup list now. So he could, you know, he could be activated at any time, but, uh, you know, so he moved up, he's going to play. So, you know, they gave him a ton of money, so you could assume it's going to be him, but they don't really know who's defining it back there yet. Same thing I feel with the wide receiver core, and I just feel the same thing also with Marquise Goodwin, where he's going so low in the draft. I just feel like, once again, I'm not going to say it's tremendous value, but there is an upside there for him to emerge if he stays healthy with his speed to show that he could, you know, and him still getting targets when he plays. To show that he could still be that main guy, that loved guy out of San Francisco. So he's somebody I'll definitely take a chance with. I, I like the Marquise Goodwin. I'm not sure if I'm going after him. But if you look at the wide unlike the running back, you know, uh, the running back uh, position, you know, they're deep in that position. 
the wide receiver, uh, they're not as convincing. You know, you, everybody's up on, you know, we love Dante Pettis, but, you know, he has to prove it at the same time, right, for the whole season. Right. And then you got Debo Samuel, who was a rookie. We know right. we, we know that rookie wide receivers don't make an impact. Well, we know way. George Kittle's going to get the abundance of the targets. Yeah. And we know Jerry McKinnon can catch passes as Tevin Coleman, because when Tevin Coleman was playing the Falcons, he was more of the pass-catching back. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Freeman also did that, but he was definitely more the pass-catching guy, Tevin Coleman. So, you know, there's still targets we pass around. And Marquise Goodwin, where I'm getting at, he's like the veteran here. You know, he, he, he he's probably that player that's going to be playing out wide with along with Dante Pettis and wait for the development of Debo Samuel, which will be maybe for next season. You know? Yeah, no, I get it. You know, yeah. f- five five seasons. You know, uh, you know, not five seasons, but been, been playing four seasons with the Buffalo Bills, and now two with Forty uh, ers You know, definitely the veteran there. Definitely, you know, even learning from Pierre Garcon a bit. You know, definitely the veteran there. And uh, I just feel like he has some upside. There's upside for him. There's there's chances for opportunity for him at where he's going. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what? What do you think is best case scenario that he could end up as? Wide receiver two. Wide receiver two. Yeah, I see flex. If he gets enough, if he if he stays healthy, shows off his talents and gets the the targets like it, yeah, you could have wide receiver two. I, I see more flex because he only had one season where he had double digits fantasy oh. points per yeah. game, and that's with uh, with Garoppolo, two thousand seventeen. Exactly. So he could have that again with Garoppolo this year if he stays healthy. Yeah, and right. Garoppolo stays healthy. <laughs> if. All right, let's get into it. Let's start off our mock draft. Uh, let's do it. As we're getting into talking about our mock draft, uh, remember these mock drafts are done from 12. Man, this is a redraft. I know, Marchetti, you and I, we have our rookie draft tomorrow. A uh, uh, dynasty draft. We have a rookie dynasty. Sorry, yes, yeah, excuse me, not rookie. We have our startup. I mean, by startup, excuse me, the startup dynasty. dynasty draft with rookies yeah. and vets. Very excited about that, Dougie. I have the second pick overall, and I have the fourth. Who are you looking at with the fourth pick? Uh, I want to trade my fourth pick. I know, but you don't. That looks like it's not going to happen. So, who are you looking at with your fourth pick? Well, there's a lot of players that can land. Uh, you know, I could end up with is the Ezekiel, uh, David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Devontae Adams. Those are the players I'm looking at. Even Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. You're not going to take one. <laughs> That's I, who you're selecting? I called up Ryan San Pedro, who has the first overall pick. and I asked Ryan him, or Rich? Ryan. Ryan San Pedro? Ryan. Okay. Rich has fifth. Okay. Rich guys after you. So there's a Ryan San Pedro and a Rich San Pedro? They're brothers. They're brothers. That makes sense to you now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Good. So we got that out of the way. Yeah. All right. That took a while. We got two San Pedros, two Ryans, and three Owls in the league. So it's a disaster. I'm Marquette. I'm not an Owl. All right. Alex. Who? So two Alexes, whatever. There you go. Uh,. So I already called him and I asked because like my my wife was hyped about. It. She's like, "Are you gonna take Saquon Barkley?" I was like, "Hopefully." And I called him up. I was like, "Ryan, who you take with the first pick? Come take it, Saquon, man." My wife goes, "No, <laughs> baby, babe, t- tell him no." Uh, my wife says, "No, uh, sorry, Mrs. Flex. No, 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 baby, but tell him don't." Okay, I'll tell him don't, baby. He's <laughs> like, you know, don't. tell him don't do it. Tell him I said don't do it. Oh, that's a good point, baby. Very, very, yeah, very, yeah. uh, very intriguing. Very well yeah. said. That Lord knows I would listen. Um, so he's gonna more likely take Saquon. I'm more than likely going to... I'm going to take either McCaffrey or Hopkins. One of those okay. two. One of those two I'm taking. That's fine. See how the, the draft's been going for me. Okay? Uh, anyway, so... I love how they have Ezekiel Elliott here as SUS, which means suspended. suspended? Well, because he's not... You know, oh, he's getting fined, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting nah, fined. I guess. All right. That's what I have to mark him as. I have to give the marks as something. All right, so anyway, so we, we did the... Um, 
the drafts uh, picks before the show started. Marchetti, you are drafting a third. I'm drafting a fifth. So let's start this draft. I think that you did it on purpose. I so you can what? see what I select in the third. It's not off from a fourth and third. So whatever. You're taking an advantage. I'm going to throw this. I'm going to completely screw, screw this up. You're going you're gonna to screw this <laughs> up? No, no, no. Completely 100%? No. Go ahead. Let's do it. So now uh, let's start the draft. All right. So first goes Saquon Barkley, then Alvin Kamara, Marchetti, drafting third. Uh... I was hoping Al Kamara ended up with uh, at my spot, but no, no, you didn't. No, because I can't. I'm getting you know who, Christian McCaffrey. So you cannot go wrong with Christian McCaffrey, who's a very young buck, and, very young buck. Yeah, and you know he's the bell cow. He he's the bell cow. He's gonna get you all the re- receptions, all the rushing. Uh, I'm very happy with his selection as my third pick. Christian McCaffrey's mine. He takes Christian McCaffrey and then goes Zeke Elliott. So uh, the first four main running backs go with uh, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and Zeke Elliott. I don't like David Johnson here. We spoke about it before. He's still in a bad offense with a bad offensive line. And like I said before, uh, the running back really, you know, depends a lot on their offensive line. Not to say he's not a great running back, but I don't see him like Saquon Barkley or – you know, Zeke Elliott type that if he found that he'll create more break broken tackles and create more opportunities like these guys could do. Like Zeke Elliott could create a lot of opportunities by himself. I don't think David Johnson's that guy to do that. So I don't hold him as high as most people do. Uh, but uh, this guy that I do hold high and I'm not scared to take a wide receiver in the first round. I do love DeAndre Hopkins. I'm 100% okay with him taking in the first round. I am drafting in the fifth fifth place, so I got a good wrap around the, uh, to come around to get a good running back or I get a good running back later on. So we'll see how this goes and I am going to take and I just move the entire table, which is making that noise. Uh, so let's take DeAndre Hopkins. This DeAndre. Then goes Julio Jones, followed by David Johnson, and then Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Adams, Tariq Hill, uh, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, James Conner, Odell Beckham Jr., Joe Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Todd Gurley, Dalvin Cook, and Antonio Brown. That's where it goes to uh, follow all the way around back to me at fifth. Now, Melvin Gordon? This is where he's dropping so much, Melvin Gordon. Now, if Melvin Gordon ends up getting his contract situation fixed and back into wraps, yeah. this is where I'm just in a prime, prime killing position. You know what I mean? Like, this is where I could just, just kill. I'll just, I'll just destroy here because yeah. of the fact that I'll have a stud running back that is Melvin Gordon because if Melvin Gordon did have his contract, he'll be higher than David Johnson. He'd be, I probably would have took him in the first round if he would have had his whole situation fixed with the, the whole Chargers thing. I mean, but, you know, it's still showing that he's going to be like the Le'Veon Bell of last year. And because of what happened with Le'Veon Bell last year, a lot more people are scared of this than they should be. Like, if this happened with Le'Veon Bell last year, if this didn't happen, that thing, people probably wouldn't be as scared. No, they won't be as scared. But those are two completely different situ- situations. It's... The same, it's for money at the end of the day, but you're talking about Le'Veon Bell who did not have to pay a fine because technically he never signed a contract because, it, it, you know, because of the of the franchise tag, right? Melvin Gordon is under contract, so he's getting fined. So there has to be a point where he has to find, find a medium, a happy medium where he has to negotiate and just settle. 
because he cannot ask for you know everything in the kitchen and the, and the kitchen sink. No, no, I get it. You know, so this is a situation where right now, like I said, I could still get a good running back in the second round if I took a wide receiver. I could easily go wide receiver again. I could easily take Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, or Mike Evans. But I got two good running backs, especially for this year, at least the running back. And Dynasty's guy's a little lower on me, Damian Williams. He's lower for me on Dynasty. But I could just take the chance with Melvin Gordon here, follow it to me this late in the second round. And if he ends up contracting out, then what a fantastic year for me. So you know what? I'm going here. I already have my stud, my stud with, with DeAndre Hopkins. I'm taking there Melvin Gordon. Darn it. That's who I'm Damn, taking. Damn, man. I was hoping you would have passed on Melvin Gordon, and I ha- I will have selected him. Yeah, but you didn't. So then no. he went to uh, <coughs> Mike Evans after him. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. And then now goes on to you with uh, the 10th pick in the second round. So uh, to me, this is where it gets a little gray for me because I'm not convinced with any of these. And then I also have to think about Dynasty, right? So this is players Why that— Why you think about Dynasty? This, isn't this—oh, this redraft? Yeah, man. Oh, Jesus. All right, we already I did we, a dynasty draft. Uh, I guess I'm just prepping myself for dynasty for tomorrow. tomorrow. No, yeah. All right, so if this redraft, then thank you for helping me here. I'm going with Adam Thielen. I probably would have went Damian Williams there because he's going to be like a beast this year. I feel I think he's having a really good year on, with that offense. But Adam Thielen is also great. I mean, nothing wrong with that. You do already have a stud running back in Christian McCaffrey. I'm not too convinced on on. You know, Damian Williams, you know, he's a player that was what, like the third third string running back, you know? No, yeah, he's been behind everybody he, for his, most of his career. But the point is just that it's, it's still Andy Reid offense and the starting running back that they love there. So, you know, it's, I just think for the one year, he's going to have a really good year. I get it. I understand the concerns. But for one year, I think he's going to have a really good year. After Damian Williams goes Pat Mahomes, then Keen Allen and Nick Chubb, and then right back to you for the third pick in the third round. All right, here, um, I, I already have a good uh, – Running back Christian McCaffrey. I have a wide receiver that I'm I'm pretty confident of Adam Thielen. So on the board, there's Aaron Jones, T. Y. Hilton, Leonard Fournette, who I, we were just talking about, Amari Cooper, Marlon Mack, a player that I should I go wide receiver or running back here? I'm going with T. Y. Hilton here, just to cover my butt with Adam Thielen, just in case it doesn't pan out. So, and if they both pan out, then I'm great. I'm in a great position. And I have these two wide receivers with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Listen, you know, uh, you know I love T.Y. Hilton. Hilton. So there's nothing wrong with that with T.Y. Hilton. I get it. Leonard Fournette goes after him. Now, this is where the situation, even though I took, I got, if Melvin Gordon's contract signs out, I got a lot of value from Melvin Gordon. A lot of value from Melvin Gordon. But the problem here now, Ryan, see, now, if I didn't take Melvin Gordon before, I probably would have went Amari Cooper with this pick. Yeah. Probably would have went to Mark Cooper with this pick. But the fact remains that if Melvin Gordon ends up holding out and does not play, I have to cover myself with the running back position a little bit. I have to go and cover myself with the running back position a little bit. So when I'm looking at the guys that might come around to me next round, I'm looking next round, I'm looking at probably like a Philip Lindsay. Or a Mark Ingram or something like that. Yeah. You know, or, you know, what, what, you know, somebody that's probably going to come around to me for next round. But what I could do, if I'm looking who's going to probably come around next round, you know what I look, you know who could might come to me too? Is a James White. James and White? And James White is a guy that, you know, you love more than I do. That I, yeah. I still like a lot. I still like James White a lot. But James White is could possibly come back around to me. And if he did come back around to me, that means in the first round I could have went somebody like 
Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, and Amari Cooper. Have Amari Cooper as your flex with DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen and then James White as your running back? That's not bad. That's not bad at all. But I have to protect myself a little bit here, I feel like, with the running back situation if Melvin Gordon doesn't pan out. Now, it all says, do I feel, do I feel like Aaron Jones is going to be that main guy? Do I feel like Mar- Marlon Mack is going to be that main guy? I'll tell you what, I trust Aaron Jones more than I trust Marlon Mack. Yeah, I'll, if I have to select Aaron Jones, I'll trust over Marlon Mack for sure, yeah. This is why you do mock drafts. Yeah. You do mock drafts because you want to see where and when somebody might come back to you. Now, I feel like I got to protect myself a little bit with that Melvin Gordon thing, but because I feel like and I hope that James White might come back to me, and if he doesn't, I'm kind of screwed, but this is why you mock. I'm going to go and I'm going to take Amari Cooper here, who I feel is going to have a wide receiver one type year. I think he's going to have a top 10 wide receiver type of a year. And with him and Hopkins paired up, and if Melvin Gordon does play, I'll be in a fantastic position. So I'm going to go and I'm going to take Amari Cooper here, and I'm going to hope that James White falls back to me. I'm going to hope that Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, the next two guys, carry on Johnson even goes there next to the guys I was thinking about. Then goes AJ Green, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman, Julian Edelman, Derek Henry, Stefan Diggs, Brandon Cooks, and Philip Lindsay. Now, Philip Lindsay fell to me. I still wouldn't be mad about that. But you want to know what? The guy who I was thinking about and hopefully might fall to me, and this is why you mock to prepare yourself for situations like this, mock, 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 I'm mock, taking mock, mock. James White because of the fact that I feel like now he's going to do nowhere near as good. I think he's going to be like a strong RB2. Yeah. But if Melvin Gordon doesn't, pl- doesn't play, at least I got a strong pass catching back in a PPR league like James White that catches a ton of passes that still gets the touchdowns off catching the passes and is love and, love and trusted by Tom Brady. I think he's going to have a decent RB2 year. He's going to have a fantastic year. Probably not. Not as good as last year. I don't think he's going to be as good as last year, but I think it's still going to be very good. And I need to protect myself with the Melvin Gordon situation. And if Melvin Gordon plays even better for me, so I'm taking there James White. And so either James Wright goes in Robin Woods, and then now it's back to you. And the running back position is completely dried up. <laughs> no, there's still some values there at running backs. Uh, you got David Montgomery, who's a rookie. You know, he's still going to be competing with Tariq Cohen. And I don't know Mike why David Montgomery's going that, that high, to be honest with you. I yeah. don't see it. And then you got, I like him more in Dynasty. Yeah. And you got Mark Ingram, you know, like new team. We got to see how he performs. You got Kenyon Drake, who was going high, but now he's dropping because now you hear about Balage. You know, yep. might might yep. taking the starting role. So I know we never liked Carry On Drake to begin with. Yeah, so not Carry On Kenyon, Kenyon Drake, Carry On Johnson. My bad, Carry On Johnson. So right now I'm looking. I'm like, damn, maybe I should have not selected T. Y. Hilton. It is a good pick, but I could have probably went with you know a Leonard Fournette or Carry On Johnson or even an Aaron Jones in the third round and in the in, in, in the fourth round. I will still have an opportunity to get uh, a, a decent wide receiver, you know, like maybe a Chris Godwin who who has a, a potential to be a wide receiver too, right? Uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, and Cooper Cup. But uh, since I'm not really convinced with the wide rec- uh, the running backs in this selection, I'm definitely going to go with a wide receiver here. And the name that I'm going with is Chris Godwin, who's, according to his coach, is not Coming off the field. Yep, that's what I remember. I reported that before. So you're going with Chris. So you're going, you went with a stud RB1 to three strong wide receivers with Chris Godwin as your flex. Then goes David Montgomery, Mark Ingram. There goes the two running backs you're possibly thinking about, followed by Calvin Ridley and Sony Michelle. So 
um, yeah, this is the situation you're in. You're, you're three strong wide receivers in. So you know with that, with that late, you know, with, you had the 10th pick in the fourth round. Now you had the third pick in the, in the fifth round. So you know you had like a pretty quick wraparound for you. I had a quick wraparound, and there was a player that I was hoping that was going to land to me, and I'm okay drafting him as my RB2, who was many people's league winner last season, and that's Chris Carson. That's still a great pick. I would have took him probably last last with the pick before anyways, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, you know, you got the guy. you rather have Kevin Johnson than you had Chris Carson. Like, same thing. This is why you mock. I would have rather had... Amari Cooper, Denara Jones, and Carrion Johnson, and Marley Mack. And I was hoping that somebody like James White would fall to me next round. They did. So this is why you do the mocks, all right? So uh, after Chris Carson goes Andrew Luck, and now it's back to me. So I got DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I got uh, I got Melvin Gordon. I got Amari Cooper. I got James White. So now I need to take another running back, I feel, because once again, if this entire Melvin Gordon situation does not – pan out, I need to have somebody that I could play week in, week out. I don't trust Carry On Johnson. I like Tariq Cohen. Don't love him this year because of the whole David Montgomery talk. to be a lot of like going back and forths. But there's a couple of wide receivers here that I really do like. I do like Tyler Lockett. I do like James, uh, Jarvis Landry. I don't love Jarvis Landry, but I like Tyler Lockett. You know, I also got Evan Ingram, who I feel like is going to be get just now. Now he's moving up because of the fact that opportunities are there. I'm not in love with him because he dropped so many passes. He's injury prone. Yeah. But the fact is, you know, with volume, Sterling Shepard's uh, with Corey Clement out for the season, tearing his ACL. Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman, sorry. Corey Coleman tearing his ACL. Sterling uh, Sterling Shepard hurting, breaking his right thumb. Because Eli Manning has that gun and, you know, broke his thumb. Told you. Yeah. And then uh, Daniel Jones running the ball, though. Oh, it was Daniel Jones? I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, well, just they're, they're both looking like. It's very confusing. Uh, we don't even know who's who. <laughs> yeah, can't tell the difference. Can't tell the part. And uh, Golden Tate spent it four games. We'll see how that special goes. So he's up there for me, Evan Ingram, right now. He's moving up in the, you know, for there for me. Um, But I still need to build up for more of that running back. So uh, still, when you look at this, there's another running back next round that might fall to me, that I'm hoping will fall to me, which is not for nothing. Lamar Miller seems to be that guy that I'm hoping will fall to me next round. Ugh. I'm Once again... You can take him. Once again, starting running back, not really fighting for position for, for touches with anybody else for the most part that we, that we know about. And listen, he's going to be just put up some, you know, somebody I need to play. So what I'm going to take here is because of the fact that I like my two wide receivers. There's still some other wide receivers that I like in the other rounds. So I'm going to take here Evan Ingram. I like him better than OJ Howard. And I just still need some more pass catching guys getting more opportunities. So I'm going to take Evan Ingram right here. So after Evan Ingram goes Kenyon, Kenyon Drake, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore, Tariq Cohen, Mike Williams. Some of the players that I like are still there. Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, three running backs. There goes Lamar Miller. That's the one guy I was looking at. And now we're back to me. So there goes Lamar Miller. That was the guy that I was really looking for. Right? So now I've kind of pigeonholed myself in a way where the running back situation is just blah. And if Melvin Gordon doesn't pan out, I'm pretty beat up. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't feel sorry for you. And I don't. No, it's fine. But this is this is if the Melvin Gordon situation doesn't work out. The Melvin Gordon situation works out. I'm in probably winning championship winning status right now. I have a great team. Yeah. So with this guy, I'm going to take two because my upside for this guy is rising. Ready signed his new contract. Not for a lot of money. So he happy, he's happy being there. He's done well. 
And the other two guys that he has to compete for at least targets for are injured. They're hurt already. And the guy I'm talking about right now that I'm going to take is Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green's hurt. going to be out probably four to six weeks. John Ross is going to miss about two weeks. He's going to probably be that main guy for the Bengals' offense. So if I have, if I'm looking at my team, DeAndre Hopkins and Mark Cooper as my wide receiver one and two, and Melvin Gordon and James White as my RB one and two, with Evan Ingram as my tight end, I need a strong flex player. Especially if this Melvin Gordon thing doesn't, doesn't pan out, I'm going to need a strong flex player to help balance out the points that I'm missing from the running back situation. So I'm going to take Tyler Boyd here. Because I need to have at least some decent strong numbers. And I just feel like with A.J. Green constantly being hurt and with John Rosh constantly going to be hurt as well, not going to play much, that he's going to be that main guy to come out of that uh, those wideouts. So I'm taking Tyler Boyd. All right. Um, Kevin Coleman goes Ty- after that. Tyler Boyd was a player that I was looking for in this round. And, round. you know, of course. Round. Of course, you know, you're you're smart. And you selected him before I did because you would not have gotten No, but because, like I said, I needed to get, I needed to really beef up the flex spot in case Melvin Gordon doesn't walk out. I need to be, just because I need to still need another running back doesn't mean I can't beef up my points in other places. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I need to do. Completely understand. Uh, So now, you know, Tevin Coleman went out. And right now I'm looking, maybe go back and get a wide receiver. There's a couple of wide receivers and running backs that are, are pretty interesting for me. And I was looking at Christian Kirk, you know, but it's a new offense. It should be explosive offense, but you know what? He has to prove it first. Dante Pettis has shown me that he could provide you big numbers, and uh, that's the player I'm going to select here. And I'm hoping in the wraparound to select this running back, and I'll tell you who in a second. Why can't you just say it? I'm not going to pick before you. Why, don't you, why are you keeping the players? I've, I've been saying who I want to get next week. Oh, God. All right, so the, the suspension. All right, so I'm, I'm not going to look at who got selected, but... Well, I'm going to say it anyways because I have to. The, the player that I'm looking to get in the wraparound is Latavius Murray. Well, Drew Brees, Darius Geis, Jared Cook, and Robbie Edison went. So Latavius Murray is still there for a taking. Now, I'm going to tell you why. All right. So if you look at Mark Ingram, last season with Alvin Kamara having a good season, right, he ended up as RB28. So right outside of RB2 numbers, right? So he was a top RB3, right? And the season before that, Mark Ingram ended up as a RB1. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Saints offense that now has been shown that they're, they're willing to run the ball more than throw the ball. You know, it's not like the explosive They, they run a lot. They always have run a lot. They've run a lot for a long time, the Saints. And, you know, Murray, not for nothing, you know, uh, two seasons ago, he ended up as an RB20. And last season, he ended up as an RB32. So he's been giving you RB2, RB3 numbers. And, you know, for this guy to be my third running back on, uh, you know, on the board, like on, on my team, you're talking about a player that for sure is going to give you RB3 numbers, but with the up- upside, just one injury away with Alvin Kamara, that he could potentially end up being your league winner. So... Latavius Murray is the guy that I'll select here. So you took Latavius Murray, uh, then goes Rashad Penny, and now it's back to me. So now what I'm gonna I'm gonna have to reach a little bit here. This is where the reaching is gonna take place for me because of the fact that now I'm looking at the bench guy, right? I'm not going quarterback yet. Still could get some lot court lots of great quarterbacks going later on, but I got DeAndre Hopkins, Melvin Gordon, Amari Cooper, James White, everything with Tyler Boyd, right? So I'm I'm set. They're set, bro. But because I'm a little weak at the running back position, 
Now, I could definitely easily go Daryl Henderson here. Something might happen with Todd Gurley. He might be the main guy in that high-powered Rams offense, right? Yeah. But remember, my biggest concern for me is the fact that Melvin Gordon, and I got him with great value in the late second round or middle of the second round. That's great value to get Melvin Gordon. I'm still concerned about my running back position because if he doesn't play, I only have one, one, one running back to play, which is James White. Not the worst. You could do a lot worse than James White. I could have had Kenyon Drake. You got to hedge your bet here, bro. So I got to reach a little bit here. Hedge it. But I got to take it. Take it. And I got to take his backup, which take is it. Austin Eckler. Not so bad. I'm handcuffing Melvin Gordon to Austin Eckler. You want to know what? If Melvin Gordon doesn't play, I got the starting running back for the Chargers. There you go. So I'm, I'm safer there. So now I really very a lot more confident that I'm in a good mood. I reached a little bit for the handcuff. But I did it, and, it, and I think it's going to work out for me. After him goes Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray, Will Fuller, Eric Ebron, Kareem Hunt, who I'm, I'm targeted in Dynasty Leagues, just so you know, uh, Miles Sanders, Carson Wentz, Royce Freeman, Sterling Shepard, Sammy Watkins, Dan Daryl Henderson. He went a little further than I expected he would go. Al Robinson, Christian Kirk, and Jerome Allison. Okay. I already know who you're selecting. How do you know? Take a wild guess. Larry Fitz. Mm, probably. Uh, yeah, probably more likely. Because if you look at every other guy that's around him, Vance McDonald. I love Vance McDonald. If I didn't go Evan Ingram that early, yeah. I would have definitely been fine with growing Vance McDonald here. Now, I don't. I love Vance McDonald more than I love Evan Ingram, to be honest with you. I feel like my bold prediction for the year, Vance McDonald's going to be a top three tight end for the season. At the end of the season, he's going to be a top three tight end. The targets. You know, there's a, there's, there's a big void of targets that has to be filled. And, and, it, and, well, it's not so much a big void because we assume that void to go to Juju and James Conner. James Conner also being a great pass catching back. Yeah. So I don't think it's a huge void of the targets. They're going to go to Juju and James Conner. It's just the fact that I just feel like there's going to be more targets because not as much is going to go to Juju. Not as much is going to go to James Conner. So that little leftover, those scraps, are going to go to Vance. And I think that Vance has shown last year that he could be the big body type um tight end that he blocks well and I think by blocking well also going to be rewarded well Ben Roethlisberger especially in the red zone I just feel like he's going to do really well I, that's my bold prediction is top three that means one of those top three guys is to fall out of it between yeah. Kittle, Ertz and uh, Kelsey but top three is my bold prediction for Vance McDonald so, but the reason I took Evan Ingram is because I needed the opportunity that I know is 100% going to be there it's going to be more there for Evan Ingram so, uh, but, you know, like I said, I got three running backs, three wide receivers. So now at this point, I'm still looking at bench players. Who do I like the best? Who's going to give me the best value? Everybody else I don't feel like I have to reach for. So, yeah, I'm going to go Larry Fitzgerald here because and I'll, if it was a league with a flex, I could play two flexes with tight ends. Then maybe I would have been Max McDonald here, but that's not the situation we're doing with this league. And if I, was... I could have went two tight ends with with. uh with the flex, I would have probably picked Vance McDonald. And then you wanted Vance McDonald, right? I was hoping that I was able to dance with Vance. But you cannot. I cannot dance with Vance. No. You got no chance with Vance. I have. I can't dance with Vance and no chance. No chance with Vance. With Vance. And then don't you I, just hate pants? Yeah. Don't you hate pants? Don't drop your pants. I hate pants. <laughs> so Vance McDonald was a player I was hoping would have fell to me right now, but Hasn't because I haven't selected a tight end yet, and Yoku is not a player that um and Joku and Joku Yoku and Joku is not a player that I'm convinced. There's too many too many mouths to feed in right. that offense. I get you know? it. I get it. I get it. So now I'm just gotta look and see where is there where there's upside. I don't mind 
trying to get a running back here, but I'm not really convinced with many. Um, but I'm going to take a chance, though. And the chance I'm going to take is with Jordan Howard. He's not a wow guy. He doesn't give you gaudy numbers. But he always ends up as one of the top running backs, you know. You know, his consistency is there. You know, he, he's not, he's not going to win you weeks. But he at, at, the, at the end, he's not going to lose you weeks, you know. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's going to play for the Eagles. You know, the Eagles have a good uh, offense, you know. Um, they, might, they might take a different approach now and try to run the ball more because of, you know, Carson Wentz uh, getting injured a lot and they don't want to, you know, exploit him as much. So he's a player, um, you know, in the eighth round, why not take a chance with, you know. So Jordan Howard is the guy that I selected. Yeah, Miles Sanders going above him. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Then goes in David Njoku, Ronald Jones the second, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Marvin Jones. And back to you. Yeah, I was hoping MVS would have landed to me because he would have been. All the guys you're hoping to land to you are not working yeah, out. This right, is why right, you mock. Yeah, right now I'm just like, you know, I'm just trying to see, if, you know, I've been happy with my first five selections. I'm not that mad. And right now I'm just trying to play the game of chance. I was like, all right, let's see if this person lands on me or not. I haven't selected a quarterback yet. So, you know, all the tight ends that I, I, I was on my short list are already gone. So why reach for a tight end right now? Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm just going to take a shot. So a player that I've been really high on is Cam Newton. And I feel getting him in the ninth round, he has, a, you know, this is a player that potentially could be top five quarterback. You know, and, you know, it seems like, Everything is in the ups and ups with him, with his health. And, you know, why not? Take him. And I'm taking Cam Newton. Yeah, I know. You're bigger on Cam Newton than I am. Goes, and he also, but you're pairing him up with uh, Christian McCaffrey for you. Yeah, it's so not bad. Because you have Christian McCaffrey, it helps you a bit. Yeah. So Cam Newton goes and then goes LaShawn McCoy way too early. Uh, so, yeah. So, once again, here, just building up. Just, you know, trying to stack it up a little bit. Trying to see who goes where. And you know what? I'm gonna. It's all just taking chances right now at this point. You know, we're in the ninth round. I could easily take Russell Wilson here. I also don't have a quarterback, but I like some quarterbacks later on. I'm gonna wait a little bit because there's still some quarterbacks out there that I still like, that I still think are weight worthy. So I'm gonna take one guy here that also might have some upside. A lot of talk now with the preseason going on. We'll see how he does in the actual preseason games. But you know, for the foreseeable release for the year. Take a chance on him. See what happens. Julian Edelman does have that uh, fractured thumb. No more Gronk. I got James White already. So why not take a chance on this guy? See how he does. Nikhil Harry. See how he see how Ooh, he plays. With going with a rookie. Then goes Damon Harris. Then Corlin Sutton. Russell Wilson. Dante Foreman. Jalen Samuels. D.D. Westbrook. Emmanuel Sanders. Jameis Winston. Golden Tate. Corey Davis. Jared Goff. Curtis Samuel. Kiki Cutie. And Deshaun Jackson. Now back to me. Now uh, I think this is time because I don't know if this guy's going to make it back to me. Uh, there's one guy that I'm looking at. I don't know if he's going to make it back to me, and it's at least a quarterback that I trust a lot. And I didn't want to go to quarterback tenth round. I'm okay. The tenth round, I start looking at my quarterbacks. I start seeing who's there, depending how my draft is going. So once again, there's there's everyone just you know. This is also where you ha- you have you have to look at. The draft board and see who has selected a quarterback. Yeah, very you know. good point. So everybody else ahead of me drafted a quarterback, except yeah, everybody. Everybody else is ahead of me drafted a quarterback. So if it was a real life draft, I probably would have taken him. But this is the sleeper draft. So because so somebody might just 
because the computer stack on a quarterback. The computer's <laughs> picking on it, so yeah. they just might take the next best thing available. But do you want to take the chance? Uh, because you know what? Everybody else here, who am I really looking at? You know, Jarek McKinnon is the best one. Agent Peterson, possibly another. And there's another running back that I'm looking for the next round that I want to take instead. So I'm going to take him anyways because like, because of the fact that I'm not promised Melvin Gordon, I need to acquire my points all around. I need to make sure I grab somebody that's going to get me those points. This guy still feels like he's going to get me those probably 20 points a game, which you deserve from your quarterback and want from your quarterback. So I'm still going to take this guy because I got a lot of love for Phillip. him. Philip Rivers. Rivers. After him goes Austin Hooper. And listen, if Melvin Gordon does play, I got the connection between Philip Rivers and Melvin Gordon. You know, that's great. Then goes Austin Hooper. Now up to you. I think I know who you should take or you want to take. Uh, well, oh no, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, sorry. he's gone. All he's right, so gone. a player. I'm, you know, I the last couple of rounds I've I've gone running back, running back, quarterback. Um, I do like to stack up on running backs. That's one thing. And you know, if this was dynasty quarterbacks. But a player that, uh, you know, I'm going to go that's going to fill at least for the void of Juju Smith-Schuster's role, and there might be a potential with targets. I know you like Vance McDonald, but James Washington has a chance. And this is a player, you know what, why not take him? You know, he, he, he could end up, you know, what, being a wide receiver through three or maybe a wide receiver two. And that's the player I'm going to select here is James Washington. After, after James Washington uh, yeah. goes Edo Smith, Adrian Peterson, Jarek McKinnon, who was the guy I was thinking about taking last round possibly, DK Metcalf, and back to you. So here I'm going to reach a little bit. It's not really much of a reach, but I've, if you have seen Baltimore Ravens, they've been running the, the ball a lot. They drafted a rookie running back. At the same time, they also signed Mark Ingram. Um, here's a chance where you take because there's always injury in play. And Justice Hill is a player I'm going to select here. It's not costing me much. He's going in the eleventh round, and there's a chance, you know. So he can end up being a with the same with the same um, thoughts you had, but just with a different scenario. I'm also going to reach a little bit. Not actually, not even a reach at all. It's not a reach. It's right in the same round of vicinity, but. Uh, I just feel like this guy has a better chance because of the fact that Justice Hill, I said, is going to be a lot of running taken away from Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. I don't think there's going to be a lot of running chances for this guy. And Mark Ingram is not an injury-prone type running back. This running back is behind right now an extremely injury-prone running back on a pretty good overall offense. They had, you know, with the Vikings, Kurt Cousins is going to throw it to Kyle Rudolph, to Adam Thielen, to Stephon Diggs. And he's a good quarterback, Kurt Cousins. He's another quarterback that I like even going later if I didn't take Philip Lindsay. I mean, if I didn't take uh, Philip Rivers. But I feel if history repeats itself, Dalvin Cook is not going to play a full season. And this is a guy that I'm 100% targeting. I don't care if I have Dalvin Cook as a running back or not. I am def- even especially if I don't have Dalvin Cook, I am targeting this guy even more because I'm going to have him for trade value. And I'm going to ha- the guy that has Dalvin Cook's going to probably want to give me something good for him. And because he wants this guy more than I do, he's going to probably give up more to get him. So I'm taking over here, Alex Xander Madison, and I feel like that right there. That, that thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel that he's going to have more of a chance to play than Justice Hill. 
After him goes TJ Hawkinson, which I don't like at all. He's going to be strictly blocking. Dante Moncrief, Neam Hines, I like him. Uh, Anthony Miller, I like him a lot. I'd rather spend my, my, my draft uh, capital on Anthony Miller than I would on Allen Robinson. Then goes Ben Roethlisberger, Carlos Hyde, Paris Campbell. On to the 12th round. Ty, uh, Tyrell Williams, Tom Brady, Devin Funches, Delaney Walker, Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, Devin Singletary, who I like a lot, and then back to me. Now, let's take another chance here. Why not? I could easily go Justin Jackson over here, back up to my backup, if he splits time with Amari, with, Elvin, with uh, Austin Eckler. But guess what? I'm not going to play him at that that point. But you know what? Like we both said, this guy might get a starting position. He might take over in a really bad offense, but he might be the starting guy. And maybe he does well with that job. We don't know yet. But right now with a 12th round pick, it's not costing me anything. So I'm going to take him right here because if he ends up having a starting job, that's great. And if he ends up doing better with it, even better. Taking Kellen Balaj over here. Why not? I already have a position everywhere else. Taking Kellen Balaj. Goes Mr. Trubisky and then back to you. I'm sweating. Why? You uh, want to kill him, Balaj? No. Yeah, you do. Part, nah. of you, part of you want to. I haven't selected a tight end yet. And a player that had a lot of hype last season when he signed with the Chicago Bears was Trey Burton. Don't take him. Why not? Don't do it. Why not? Do what you want. Just don't do it. Why not? He ended up as a tight end eight. <sighs> that's because everybody else died, bro. Because everyone died. You rather have Trey Burton than Jordan Reed? The, see, at least, at least, see, you know what? See, see, see. You see. know where Trey Burton beat Jordan Reed at? You're thinking about games it. played. You're thinking about Trey it. Burton played 16 games, and you're talking about a head coach that played with the it was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. I can name you four tight ends I'd rather have right now off the top of my head than Trey Burton. Four. Kyle Actually, Rudolph, five. Greg Olson. Five. Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham. There's five. Mark Andrews. Who else? Huh? You, you make your pick, bro. Uh, you're not, now you're making me doubt. But you know what? I don't mind it. You know what? I'm going to select Trey Burton here. One of, the, one of the five was already gone. Sorry. All right. I'm going to select Trey Burton here. Trey Burton is the way to go because well, I already know who's going to come back to me. And it's gonna be Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, you know, it's a good pick at the end of it. Yeah, if the, if if the, if the injury to to Derrick Henry sustains any longer, that's a very good pick. You know, Deion Lewis. You know, he's a pass catching back. We're playing in a PPR league, of course. Uh, and you know, if the injury does sustain, then you know, I'm getting a player that is gonna be a a, a starter with one injury weight in the 13th round. Yeah, Deion Lewis. I agree. It's a good pick. There you go. All right, so you took uh, him there. To, uh, yeah, so Trey Burton, I would rather have Jordan Reed. I would rather have uh, Greg Olson. I would rather have Kyle Rudolph. I would even rather have Mark Andrews over Trey Burton, without a doubt. Uh, so once again, still here, just taking dart throws, somebody who might play. He's asleep. <gasps> yeah, sorry about that. He's a little bit hurt right now. But I think it's an offense that's still looking for somebody to, to be the main guy. Uh, that's not much going on in the offense, not much going to go on for that division, not much going on for that team except for their defense. But right now, even 13th round, depending on what's going on, I might even be looking at defense and kicker right now. But let's just build up on our bench players. I'm going uh, Deshaun Hamilton here. At this point, why not? Why not? Uh, Justin Jackson, Greg Olson, uh, Derwin Thomas, Matt Breida, Traquan Smith, Kyle Murray, Devontae Parker. Parker? Parker. Jimmy Graham. 
Chris Thompson, Mark Andrews, Duke Johnson, Kenny Stills, CJ Anson, John Brown. And with my last pick in the draft, I was kind of hoping that Mark Andrews fall to me because of the fact that he could be very injury prone. Um, uh, Evan Ingram, but like I said, we're all taking shots here. Uh, I'm pretty balanced. I got five wide receiver, five running backs. I'm not against taking a backup QB. I would probably take a Josh Allen here, but let's just see and let's take the upside. Let's take the upswing of Marquise Goodwin. I was backing him up and baby come back. Let's take him. Marquise Brown, and now to your last pick, doggy. My last pick should be who should it be? Who should it be? There's a lot of players here to pick. Uh, a player that Josh Gordon. A player that people <laughs> people are sleeping on is he's a young guy. We mentioned him. We mentioned him in in prior episode. Sean Alexander. No, not Sean Alexander. Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes? No, no. It's he signed a free, he signed as a free agent to the New York Jets. And his name is Jameson Crowder. All right, take him. Jameson Crowder. Not really a wow name to drop at the last pick, but okay. What what do you want me to do? Like look at all the players that are going here. Jameson Crowder could potentially be a wide receiver three with a wide receiver two upside. You know, and you select them in the 14th round. You know, uh, what other players would you select over him? Albert Wilson? TJ Yeldon. TJ Yeldon? Alfred Blue. Alfred I'm just Blue. naming people all the way down here. All the way. You're, you're digging deep. There's well, no it's, the last, it's the last pick in the 14 team round. So, I mean, yeah. four, 14 rounds. So, it is what it is. It is what it is. And that's the player I select. After and that. then Robert Foster and, and uh, Andy Isabella goes. So, then, Doggy, real quick, because we got to wrap this all up. Tell me about your team, the rundown. Tell me what it's looking like. Talk to me. How do you feel about it? If this was your team for the season. I'm, you know what? I'm not mad at my team at all. You know, you're, you're talking about CMC, who was, you know, top run, one of the top running backs. Then Adam Athena, who started hot, hot and then fizzled out, right? But, you know, let's see if that consistency goes throughout the whole season. Then you got the T.Y. Hilton. You, everybody's loving the Colts offense. Chris Godwin. I feel like I have a well-balanced team. Uh, there's some sleepers that I feel that, you know, with one injury away that they, they could be league winners, just like uh, the, the likes of Latavius Murray, uh, Justice Hill, or even Deion Lewis. You know, these are running backs that, you know, you select deep in rounds, and, you know, there's that potential where they could end up, you know, RB2, RB3. And then, you know, a rookie running back, Justice Hill, you know, in, in that type of offense that just going to be running running the ball. You know, you have Mark, Mark Ingram, who's a good running back, but, you know, ha, he hasn't shown that he could be the league the league bell cow for, for a team because, you know, obviously he always played that complimented role with uh, other runner backs. But uh, I, I feel like I have a well-balanced team, got good good, uh, good good amount of wide receivers and a good amount of running backs. The only position that I feel I'm weak at is tight end. Uh, yeah, you're a little bit um, weak at tight end, but still, it's not like, you know, the worst thing in the world. I mean, well, I hate, actually, it is. Excuse me. Trey Burton. Terrible. Uh, he ended up as a tight end at eight, you know, like so it. it's, he, essentially, he's going to be a tight end one. You know? uh, like, I'm not, I mean, I, I like your team overall, where I just feel like you need help is that if anything, you know, if Chris Carson does, if, if Rashad Penny for some reason, which I don't believe, I don't believe, but Rashad Penny has taken over, uh, you know, you, it's kind of, you're kind of a little hurt there with the running back position, but not. In the worst case, uh, I love my team. I really do. I love my team. If Melvin Gordon plays, signs that contract and plays, I have a beast of a squad. 
I, I, like, I, the have James, a I like the James squad. White pick. Yeah, that's, the James White pick was like my cushion. I had, and this is why you mock. I wanted to see if he would fall to me in the middle of the fourth round. If he would fall to me in the middle of the fourth round, then I know in a real life draft that he's probably going to lock to me there too. So that's why you mock. Um, James White is the cushion, and I love my Austin Eckler pick. To balance, you know, in case anything does happen to James White, I got another starting running back to pair up. Now, Austin Eckler is not a James White. I mean, he's not a Melvin Gordon. He's not as good. But he's serviceable. He's playable. If Mar- Melvin Gordon doesn't play. And I got him paired up to a little bit of safety net with James White. I mean, I got a good... Uh, I, I, know- I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I do like that. Uh, I do love that pick in the seventh round. Because if you look right after that, you know, look at the players that went out, right? Especially that you selected Melvin Gordon, right? After after you picked, uh, you selected Austin Eckler. You had Rashad Penny, Latavius Murray, Robbie Anderson, Jared Cook, Ronald Jones, Nyoku, Howard, Vance McDonald. Like those are players that you probably by the end of the season are, you're not going to regret. You know, like not selecting them because I don't I don't see like these players being like total league winners. At least you over here hedge your bet. You selected Austin Eckler, and at least with that second round pick, if Melvin Gordon does pan out you're still going to be a happy camper. And you're still going to be a happy camper if he ends up holding out and you have Austin Eckler as your running back one. You know, Yeah. He'll, he'll still, you know, and like I said, with the James White, it helps like balance it out a little bit. you know. But uh, if I have James White, Al Melvin Gordon, both playing along with DeAndre Hopkins, Mari Cooper, I'm solid. I'm in a great, I got great flex positions with uh, Tyler Boyd and Larry Fitzgerald. You know those, what I mean? Those are great. Tyler great Boyd, flex. like I said, especially if Tyler Boyd with, with A.J. Green, if he gets hurt and, you know, stays hurt, you know, keep, or keeps getting hurt, what I mean, throughout the rest of the season. When John Ross doesn't really do much, he's going to be that main guy, Tyler Boyd. So I think he's a good flex. And, you know, I, I got some some good chances on my team. You know, like, I mean, like if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, if Kalen Balaj really takes over the starting position. Now, granted, he's on a terrible offense. He's not that great of a running back. But still, there's chances there. Definitely. So uh, I think I did pretty good to save myself with the Melvin Gordon taking him that late in the second. You're round. happy. I'm happy. And uh, they're probably happy that the show's over. So once, <laughs> so once again, party people, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at BFB Podcast. Ask any one of the questions you have for your mock draft season, for your draft coming up. And for mock draft, mock draft on the sleeper app. We mock draft on the sleeper app. Holding our dynasty on the sleeper app. It's a fantastic app. You do a draft as fast as we did. Any questions, hit us up, party people. All right, peace, BFAs. We love you guys. See you next time. Success nonetheless. Peace.